Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Be Bullish podcast. I'm Alex Ely, CIO of the U.S. Growth Equity Group, here to talk about the news that matters and the news that doesn't, and different topics that I, I see out there in the markets today. Um, what I'm going to be reviewing is digitalization and how it's changing the world. But first off, as we talk about what is highest on people's lists of concerns, it would be the supply chain and inflation. Now, yes, we have supply chain issues, and yes, there are shortages and increases of costs of different things because of the supply chain issues that we have. They're really rooted in the fact that we're seeing waves of different factory closures, problems hiring people in different areas like ports and in trucking and different areas like that. But in essence, it's just the pains of reopening. It's just the problem of getting everything normalized and going again. And these supply chain issues will probably be with us for another year or so. Um, so they're significant. Um, they do cause uh, problems within the economy and cause problems for different companies. But what I can say at the end of the day, as an investor, having too much demand is typically a good thing. These people that are trying to sell products to you will get them to market. It may take a while for the car companies to get their supply chain set, but they will make new cars. They will bring them out next year. Everything will begin to normalize. It just takes time. So the fact that there are supply chain issues are of note, but I don't think it should deter you from the way to, to invest or from being bullish on the markets. The second concern along with this is inflation. Uh, the idea is that there's inflation in the system. This will lead to higher rates, and higher rates will lead to lower equity prices. That's the argument. And there is some inflation. I, I just mentioned, you know, with, within the supply chain, we're seeing higher costs for energy, materials, um, other kinds of, uh, of things that are out there where prices have increased. And we also have seen increases in prices for certain areas of labor as well. What I would say for the first part is that the supply chain issues, again, will work themselves out and we'll see material prices come back down. We've already seen it in some areas. As an example, lumber prices are down 50% plus from their peak back in the spring. And this is a good example how you can get a wave of demand that pushes up prices, but then as things normalize, prices come back down to earth. On the labor side, that inflation is more is stickier. Uh, once you've given people a, a certain uh, pay scale, it, it's unlikely for that to be unwound, at least at least quickly, um, you won't see that unwound. So I think those pay increases are here to stay. And honestly, I think it's a good thing. I think that labor should be paid more, particularly in the services industry, in order to come back to work and do those jobs. So overall, the fact that there is some inflation in labor, I think is okay. And I think the economy will be fine without it or with that happening. Now, in respect to inflation in other areas, we're just not seeing it. Many of the digitalization trends that I will comment on uh, in a little bit are dramatically deflationary. E-commerce, mobile banking, um, virtual healthcare, uh, everything that software does to improve our business models is dramatically deflationary. And therefore, I think rates will stay in check as we go into 2022 and 2023. All that being said, even if I'm wrong and rates go up, it still doesn't matter. I know the news news media tries to sell it to you that you should be concerned that rates are gonna go up and equities are gonna go down. But historically, there has not been that level of correlation. If you look at the last 40 years and look at the worst bond market years or the, the years when yields went up the most, you'll find that the that equities overall went up almost every single one of those years. That's right. 
All this talk about being concerned about rates and that affecting equities is misplaced. The correlation just hasn't been shown historically. And that's why we don't get bogged down by macro events like this. We focus on what we feel are the disruptions of the day. And that brings us over to our topic, uh, digitalization, and, and why that makes me so bullish and so excited for what's going to happen uh, in the markets and, and really what's happening to society and history today uh, due to technology and the capabilities that are changing many different industries just because of where we are in history. Okay, so what are some of the digitalization trends that we see? Content, of course, is a huge example. Social networking didn't even exist 18 years ago. Now it's a multi-trillion dollar business worldwide. Uh, interactive gaming continues to, to increase year after year. Streaming media still only represents about 50% of all the content that people watch. And what an opportunity. Um, we're still at a point where 80 million, there's 80 million cable subs in the United States. Meanwhile, the percentage of kids that come out of college and get cable is near 0%. They use streaming options uh, because they're better, cheaper, faster options. And this is the case in all these digitalization trends, is that they're disruptive because they're better, cheaper, and faster. I mentioned these before, but just think, e-commerce, that means no storefront. Mobile banking, that means no bank branch. Virtual healthcare, that means the doctor doesn't need a, uh, a doctor's office with a reception and an assistant and so forth. So lots of opportunity there. We're also seeing digitalization capabilities happen in healthcare. Uh, it can be in healthcare services where you see your doctor remotely or, or diagnostics are done remotely, or it can even be in our medicine as we understand more and more about the genetic codes of our body, whether it be DNA, RNA, uh, proteomics, uh, whatever it may be, we're understanding the body better and better because of technology. And as a result, we're treating people individually, we're diagnosing them individually in terms of their genetic code and genetic variations. And as a result, our cure and treatment capabilities improve. So the digitalization just in medicine and in healthcare is driving forward better results. And that's why it continues as well. Finally, I have to mention software as a service, uh, enabling you to work remotely, enabling companies to do all kinds of labor light improvements in a host of verticals. It can be HR, uh, your pension planning, uh, it can be training, compliance, uh, alerts, telco, lots of software solutions to make your company run better, to improve your business model, to make your company more competitive. Now, if you think of with a scope of just what I've just said, where I'm talking about all of our entertainment and shopping and banking and healthcare and, and medicine and how all of our companies work. These are huge industries that are undergoing foundational change right now in the scope of history because we have the technological capability to do so. Meanwhile, technological penetration rates are accelerating faster and faster and faster. And as a result, this is what makes us bullish on the markets. Because if you look in the past, the disruptions of the day are what drove the markets higher. Let's go back in time. If you looked at the 50s and 60s, during that 18-year period of time from 1950 to 1968, the S&P went up 500%. And you had bumps in the road. You had the Korean War and Kennedy was shot. and You had the Cuban Missile Crisis and we entered Vietnam and so forth. And there were corrections and so, and so forth but you didn't wanna pay attention to the corrections. You wanted to own the disruptions of the day. Those were things like commercial airlines, everyone getting a car and a phone, the interstate highway system being built. The, these clear 
disruptive trends added massive amounts of value and wealth uh, within the equity markets during that period of time. The next expansionary phase in history uh, that happened for the markets or significant one was from 1982 to 2000. During that period of time, the S&P went up 1,400%. 1,400, that's, that's correct. It went up that much. And it was driven by the disruption of disruptions of the day. Things like the globalization of American brands with companies like Coke and Nike and Johnson & Johnson. Big box stores with companies like Costco and Home Depot or PC penetration with companies like Microsoft and Intel. In every case, providing better, cheaper, faster solutions within an industry that will allow, uh, that allow the markets to move up and allow that wealth creation to happen for those companies. In fact, most of those companies I just, met, uh, just mentioned are some of the biggest companies we have in our entire economy. So uh, just an incredible amount of wealth that was created from these ideas. Now we come to where we are today. Um, the market really went sideways between 2000 and 2013, and then we broke out. Now, right now we're up about 196% from where the S&P was uh, 21 years ago. So from an historic sense, the market still has further to go. And as we look at it, we believe that the, that the disruptions of the day, in this case, represented by digitalization, will help, will help uh, make the market expand or drive that market expansion over the next few years. In terms of our outlook, we look at it that we're currently about 16 to 17 months into a new bull market. We're about 16 to 17 months into a new uh, economic cycle. And the previous bull markets and economic cycles have lasted eight to nine years on average. So um, we're optimistic. We're excited for um, what new technology is going to be able to deliver uh, in terms of uh, in terms of wealth and market creation, we're excited to see where these industries go over the next few years, and and that's why we're bullish. So thank you for listening in. I appreciate you taking time to listen to our podcast. Have a great day. This recording is intended for financial professionals and institutional investors only. This is not intended for use with the general public. The views expressed in this podcast represent those of the speaker and are subject to change. Nothing presented should be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell any security or follow any investment technique or strategy and does not constitute advice, an advertisement, an invitation, a confirmation, an offer or a solicitation to engage in any investment activity or an offer of any banking or financial service. Throughout this presentation, various securities and companies are referenced. Examples given are for illustrative purposes only and were not chosen based on performance. This is not a recommendation to buy or sell any security. Investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. All examples herein are for illustrative purposes only and there can be no assurance that any particular investment objectives will be realized or any investment strategy seeking to achieve such objective will be successful. Past performance is not a reliable indication of future performance. Before acting on any information, you should consider the appropriateness of it with regard to your particular objectives, financial situation and needs, and seek advice. No representation or warranty, expressed or implied, is made as to the accuracy or completeness of the information, opinions, and conclusions presented. In preparing this recording, reliance has been placed without independent verification on the accuracy and the completeness of all information available from external sources. Macquarie Asset Management is the marketing name for the Asset Management Division of Macquarie Group. 
Investment products and advisory services are distributed and offered by and referred through affiliates, which include Delaware Distributors LP, a registered broker-dealer and member of the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, and Macquarie Investment Management Business Trust, a Securities and Exchange Commission registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services are provided by a series of Macquarie Investment Management Business Trusts. Other than Macquarie Bank Limited, none of the entities noted in this podcast are authorized deposit-taking institutions for the purposes of the Banking Act of 1959 from the Commonwealth of Australia. The obligations of these entities do not represent deposits or other liabilities of Macquarie Bank Limited. Macquarie Bank Limited does not guarantee or otherwise provide assurance in respect of the obligations of these entities unless noted otherwise.